We're back, witches! Welcome, everybody. I am your co-host, Tiffany. And I am your co-host, Michelle. And welcome to the Chicanex Coven. It's been about four months since we last threw our, uh, an episode at you, and we're really happy to conjure you all back. <laughs> We've been calling you all. We've been summoning you all. It's about time, and we're super excited to just have you here with us today. Oh, yes, we're super excited. We definitely learned a lot from doing a podcast, our mm-hmm. first season, and um, a lot has happened. I feel like a lot has happened in four months, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm happy to be here as your co-host. I'm happy to host you. We like missed each other like no other. Yeah, she literally hosted me. Like, she made me, like, shrimp Alfredo dinner. I felt like I was at some Caruso's diet on 4th Avenue. It was, like, quite an experience. But it was really nice. Yeah, so I think, um, like, I'm one of those people that you have to catch me to, like, slow down. And you had been texting me, and you're, like, for months now. Like, we have to make time. And life's been insane, but we finally made time. And I asked Tiffany to come over and made her dinner. And I feel horrible for all the times you hunted me down. <laughs> <laughs> but we talk about this all the time. And we alluded it to about it before that Michelle and I love the relationship that we share. The dynamic is very much, it's we have a low maintenance friendship. So, but, but not to say that, you know, we shouldn't take advantage of that either just because we're low maintenance like check in on your friends make sure that they're okay right yeah definitely Mm -hmm. especially the way things are going um with 2021 being crazy which brings us to point one (laughs) how is your 2021 going (laughs) i believe i use the words i feel like i'm going batshit crazy yeah you did say that (laughs) i did say that i have been undergoing major anxiety problems like and it, it creeps up out of nowhere. I'm, I'm driving home and boom, anxiety attacks. I'm teaching, boom, an anxiety attack. I'm trying to like take a shower. Oh my God, there comes an anxiety attack. It's ridiculous. And I do acknowledge that I'm under severe amounts of, of stress just as much as all of us are. And we thought like 2021 would have been like a magic flip of the coin and oh, 2020 is gone. Like everything's back to normal. And that's just wishful thinking. Like, no. We're yeah. in this transition still. Yeah. I think 2021 literally started crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, we were watching white supremacy unfold on live news. I mean, for us, it wasn't a surprise, I think. But for a lot of people in America, it was like, how could you do this and get away with it? Mm-hmm. With the, with the, what happened mm-hmm. on our, um, with, in our country and at the Capitol and all the insanity that happened. And then there's, like, all that turmoil. And then there's been environmental catastrophes there's been like people without power in texas Mm -hmm. without heating and there's been like we've not been short of insanity so i feel like 2021 definitely if you thought you were starting like oh this is gonna be my year and set like super high expectations that's like really difficult but i think like if you take it a day at a time in stride then 
um, it is a new year and I think it's still like the possibilities of, of it being a great year are still there, but I'm also realistic that it's been insane mm-hmm. so far. I know that I, I've been struggling because since Christmas, I've been getting word and notifications on a weekly basis of my friends or colleagues who have lost family from COVID mm-hmm. and everything just feels very heavy. You know, there's just so much death around us and my students are carrying so much emotional burdens and I can mm-hmm. feel it, you know, and things are just, it's, it's hard. It's it, the empaths that we are, mm-hmm. it's hard because it's, we're internalizing it. Which shout out to, not to minimize what you said, because it's super sacred and important. And this, I think it is. Um, we're holding life and death very close right now mm-hmm. because as much as I hear friends having babies, I'm hearing of people like losing loved ones. But I do want to say that since you mentioned your students, yes. <laughs> um, this is Michelle. I've never met Miss Mendibles' students, but I want to give them a very warm shout out because you guys are always in my mind when we started this in the summer because of COVID, we always had your students in our minds and hearts and like they were the primary people that we wanted students in general Mm -hmm. that we wanted to reach um because we see ourselves in the younger versions of you all that are out there and um i just want to give them a shout out because our loyal listeners they ask for more episodes and they're listening to their amazing amazing teacher which happens to be one of my best friends tiff and you are an amazing teacher, and yeah. I just love that they are listening and request more episodes. <laughs> Not all of them, but some of them, yeah, right? Some of them are, and it's really sweet. In fact, one of them asked for what time are we going live, and I couldn't help but laugh because I'm like, sweetheart, we're not ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely are not live. <laughs> y'all, y'all heard, if you guys have been following us from the beginning, you all know about our episode, our, I'm sorry, our audio connections. and We are hex. <laughs> I mean, well, to be fair, I don't think we're hicks. We're just not. We're old souls. I think I'm an old soul. Yes. Like, I barely dabbled in technology, only for media art stuff. And I'm for sure not, media, like, tech savvy. And then Tiff is worse than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I just showed her how to edit an episode right I know. Now. This is, like, what episode are we at? Number eight? This is a bonus, so this is eight. Yeah. yeah. The point is, if you want to donate to our cause... <laughs> If you want to donate to send Michelle and Tiffany to um, tech, tech school, school, please do so. <laughs> we're hiring an, a tech, an IT person. We really are, actually. We're interested in that. But that's another conversation. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about our stu- my students. And I do want to say that for those for my students who are listening, that I just got to tell you that I love you all. And in luckage. That's all I have to say. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Which actually connects to the purpose of today's episode. Yes. Uh-huh. So, want to go? Go ahead. I'm just your co-host. I'm here. Aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> As she chugs wine. <laughs> Before we get down to the nitty-gritty of the episode, I do want to read something to you all. And this comes from... Ruby Kaur's book called Homebody. So her poem reads, I dive into the well of my body and end up in another world. Everything I need already exists in me. There's no need to look anywhere else. Oh, 
Tiffany and I always bond over poetry. Uh-huh. Backtrack. So, hold on. I'm, I just want to go on a tangent. Michelle, my favorite memory of you. Well, I have many. Aww. But remember in Grace Gomez's class, we had to pick a book of our choice to analyze and create a presentation. And maybe it wasn't a book of our choice. Maybe we were given Borderlands, Gloria Anzaldúa's Borderlands book. Mm-hmm. But I remember giving a whole presentation, and I think that's when you and I, like, really connected. We had connected before, but just connected over, like, literature. Yeah, always, yeah. So, anyway, the premise of that poem, and, and I think it connects back to, like, the premise of our episode, and we're here to just discuss, like, love and oh. however that manifests and whatever it looks like in our own world. But I wanted to pick something that related to... How, like, I guess I want to come from it, like, how we love ourselves. Yeah, like, Mm -hmm. Mm non-romantic love, um, self-love, and, like, friendship. Mm -hmm. And self-love and friendship, I feel, are the kinds of loves that that don't get enough attention, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, at least growing up, I, I was constantly inundated with messaging about romantic love but never about self-love and friendship I think friendship is key like I just I mean what would we be doing like right now getting through 2020 and 2021 without friends Mm -hmm. like without our loved ones without the people that care about us and that in turn that we care about I don't know I don't know it would be a dark place for sure um so I'm all for it I'm excited and it's on theme because it's February Uh yeah valentine's day just passed and then we can talk we can go into like the the critical aspects and like yeah break down like the consumeristic capitalistic side of valentine's day but the the romantic in in me because i i am a romantic at heart like Mm -hmm. i i love and i'm not just talking about like it could be like a platonic romance you know what i'm saying like being able to just share love with people and let them know that they are loved and it doesn't have to be anything beyond just platonic love i love to tell people that and share that with them you're a great hugger too i love hugs (laughs) i know i welcomed you we were so excited to see each other i know we were so excited to see each other um because i i received my vaccine which one of the wonderful things to come out of 2020 is the scientists of color that have been instrumental in creating the vaccine so i'm vaccinated tiff is vaccinated we're so excited to see each other and like you're a great hugger (laughs) I always worry about people's boundaries and I figured like Michelle and I were gonna hug because we haven't seen each other since yes. October like that's a given and she hugs me and then she wants to let go and I'm like uh-uh <laughs> come back here I'm not done yet yeah, it was like <laughs> I know. yeah and I'm so guilty at that in fact I just gotta tell you a little story Michelle and I think you may have known this but when I used to teach at Pueblo High School with Jessica uh-huh. and we had the same kids and the kids would be like emotional and upset and, and, and Jessica would be like, she would tap their shoulder and she's like, well, if you want to talk, I'm here. But if you want to hug, you got to go see Miss Mindy Bliss. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> and they cute. knew, like, they knew they could come to me and, like, I will hug them. Yeah. You know, obviously asking for consent, like, do you want to hug? But I would ask and they would that's want sweet. that. That's yeah. So I, I definitely. You guys, like, play off each other. Yeah. yeah. But just going back to, like, my love language. Like, I love to be hugged. And it, 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 it's just, like, that connection with human beings, like, 
that sharing of energy. Yeah. It's just such a comforting thing. And know? I'll work on that for you. Um, I'll be more of like huggy and feely. I'm, I'm more of uh, words of affirmation is my love language. Okay. So I love to express to yeah. people. And you do a good job of that. Uh, I feel loved by your expressions. Oh, uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. And um, my husband actually is like acts of service. And I think that's probably why I cooked for you tonight and like hosted you because I'm used to speaking his love language. And Aww. so I was like, oh, let me like make something big for her. But now that I know it's physical touch i will be hugging you more consensually oh damn no more cooking (laughs) it'll be takeout from now on (laughs) but um but i think non-romantic love and like friendship like love within friendship it doesn't get as much uh attention as it should Mm -hmm. and i think it's so important i agree um i'm just thinking about like the points in my life where i felt and I, and I was telling Michelle this story earlier that Michelle, because Michelle and I have been in each other's lives for a long time. And it's been a come and go thing. because More than a decade. Oh, yes. Like um, 13 years? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's because, you know, Michelle's moved. You moved out yeah. of state. Mm-hmm. You were at, in Phoenix. Like, we were on different paths, but we always remained connected. And I I just know that Michelle and, and Jessica, but Michelle has been one of those people who like at the darkest times of my life, I could have, I reached out to her. I reached out to you. Mm-hmm. And I remember that. Like I, I had nobody else that I can be so vulnerable with about how I was feeling mm-hmm. and feel like I was safe enough to be that vulnerable with you, you know? Yeah. And I was telling Michelle that I was reading back on, we had a hangouts conversation. <laughs> we had MySpace. <laughs> a Google hangouts conversation. And that dated back to 2014. And oh. I was in a really dark place really dark place and I was pregnant with Andres and I just remember that I needed my connection with you and and it was and you were there for me and you showed up for me digitally because that's all you could do right but it was what I needed yeah and you kept me going and I think that it just speaks to the power of like as human beings we need love we need affirmations however that looks right yeah and connections Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like the need, um, the need to belong, mm-hmm. and then the physical, the social connection mm-hmm. is necessary for our brain, mm-hmm. and um, it's needed. You know, isolation erodes. You know, our like brain health, and I think like I used to be very anti, like I don't know. I think I I grew up like very cynical about people who like find love online or. But now when I like when I was a practicing social worker, I would talk to parents and they were so cynical, like, oh, my God, everything online, cyber, everything is crucial. And it's like parents hate that, you know, like, oh, my God, my child's online all the time. Why do they care about the followers and the attention? And you know what? If you're a parent and listening to this, that connection online at that point in someone's young life is sacred. It's important. It's how we're connecting to the outside world right now. It means everything. And now that I'm like living through a quarantine, I'm like, you know what? That physical, like digital connection, Mm -hmm. it's still important. Maybe it's not ideal, but it's very important. And like looking back at 2014, that was such a crazy year for me and being in a different city 
I'm so grateful that I could be there for you and that we could be remain friends through like such a busy year, even though we, it wasn't ideal for us and, and I couldn't physically drive to Tucson. I'm so grateful I got to be there for you. I was just reflecting while you were talking to me about how I feel like in so many ways, love can be taboo and like, okay, as an educator who underwent, you know, the process of going to a, a preparation, going through a preparation program to get me ready to be a teacher. And the conversations about, you know, the expectations, like if you want to be a good teacher, you gotta, you gotta be hard. You gotta have all these rules. You gotta like enforce it. And you have to like, you know, do all these steps in order for the, to have a functional classroom, to have a kids to respect you type of classroom. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like, why can't we just love them? Like they need love. They don't need disciplinarian, authoritarian, follow my rules or else kind of thing. And not to mention like the pressure on me to have to enforce that. Like I'm not here for that, you know? <laughs> and the point that I'm trying to make is going back to your comments about online instruction, or I'm sorry, like online connections. And I never believed that so much like I believe it now. And I question my ability to teach. I question my my ability to make genuine connections with my students on the daily because I feel like digitally it's not authentic. You know, it's not genuine. But the kids tell me time and time again that, and I don't want to like, I just want to share this with you. I'm not like bragging about it because I haven't told anybody this, that they love coming to class. I'm not, I don't doubt that at all. I always tell you, you're an amazing teacher. Aww. And it, it, like sometimes I don't even know if I teach as much as I teach love. And I think that's what we do all the time. But we, what did we, what did we, we were texting about this today, Bell Hooks, uh-huh. right? Like uh-huh. this monumental scholar and a lot of, I'm sorry, I, I, I almost said all of what she does, mm-hmm. but like, I feel like all of what she does is all about love. Mm-hmm. That's the text too. And that's a it's trip a book. And that's a trip. <laughs> that's the whole book. It's called all about love. <laughs> it is by Bell Hooks. <laughs> the thing I thought she did there. <laughs> no, but. But that's the point. Like, we understand that. Yeah. And we understand the complexities and the the different ways that love manifests and how it shows up. But yet, like, as a society, somehow it's equated to, like, hearts and chocolates and Valentine's Day and... Gender. And gender and this patriarchal notion of love, right? And and I'm like, no, love transcends all of that. It's liberatory. It's revolutionary. Very much liberatory and... And I think I like to think that my digital classroom space definitely manifests that for the kids, you know. At least I hope it does. And if it if it doesn't, y'all better let me know. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Yeah. But so I love. I love that. I love that. I love this theme. I'm. All, I love. I feel like you can do so many things when you approach things from the place of love. Mm-hmm. You can change lives. You can change. I don't know. I've, that's been my ethos um, in my journey as a social worker, and now even as a, a teacher and PhD student. And so I clearly I was excited for today's theme, um, <laughs> but. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about um, self-love? 
I want to talk about love and grief. And we can talk about various aspects of this, but specifically I want to share with you all. And I'm at a place in my life right now where I'm okay sharing with this, sharing this to you all. But I have, um, I think, looking at my triggers of my anxiety, of course it has to do with, you know, the stress of work and my son being homeschooled and just the whole transitions that all of us have undergone since COVID. But on top of that, like I've had this whole layer of grief that I've internalized for the past year because I've had, I did have an abortion back in March of 2020. And I had to, I had to do it for health reasons, for things that would allow me to be present and loving for my, my children now. Right. So it was a really tough decision to make, but I don't want to dwell on the the whys, but rather the journey that it took for me to find myself again, because I, I had gone through that whole, you know, the whole stages of grief. Like I, I was in shock. I was angry. I was upset. I, um, yes, you were. Yeah. I, 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 just I felt felt like I went through all the phases vicariously through you. You did. And I felt, you know, I, I did ceremonies to, to, you know, just pay, pay tributes and homage to just the transitions that my body went through, the emotional transitions. But the point that I'm trying to make here is that, um, like this concept of love and you had brought up self-love. And for the last year, I felt like I've, I hated myself because I went through that process mm-hmm. and I know I needed to go through that process. And I know like I had a community of support and in the people who have supported me, like, you know who you are and, and I want to give out personal shadows, but I don't also want to put you on blast, but you all know who you are. Mm-hmm. And I want to thank them too, uh, yeah. because um, I think I was, well, oh, your, your dog knows. Oh yeah. They're totally, my dogs are like loving on Tiffany today and they're like little spirit intuitive beings. Um, I'm a crazy dog lady. Tiffany knows this. So all my babies <laughs> love her. So you might hear dog licking on this episode, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's because all my babies love her. But um, I want to thank everyone that supported you because vicariously I was listening to all of the things that you were going through. And we compliment each other very beautifully because I was on the other end of the mm-hmm. spectrum where um, uh, it's we, my husband and I have been unable to uh, conceive and also dealing with a lot of like the racism and discrimination in the adoption process as people of color and in the foster to adopt process and so I just was we were complimenting each other in a beautiful way in the thing in the way that in the sense that we were going through completely opposite ends of the spectrum and I just want to thank everyone that supported Tiffany in ways that I didn't understand or relate because I wanted to be as empathetic and present for you as a friend, but some of it was foreign to me, you know, like I didn't understand, but I just, I'm so grateful for people who could help. I could only be there and listen and just be a shoulder. And we had a lot of phone calls and zoom calls. But needless to say, like, I I remember that conversation and I felt guilty. I felt really guilty having that conversation with you because we were on opposite sides you did. You were like, I'm so sorry to put this on you. I'm like, no, you're not putting anything on me. Like, I love you. You're my friend. I genuinely love you. And I wish I could take your 
grief away, but I know this is something you have to go through and I'm here with you. And yeah, I just, I'm so grateful that you're, you're being courageous enough to open up because it's, it takes a lot of courage to share that with people. And, and a lot of people may look down upon me for sharing that, but please stop listening now. Yeah. (laughs) Please. We don't want you anyway. (laughs) But the purpose behind sharing that was to talk about that love and grief aspect of it. And, you know, like I grieved that process, the process of having to go through those physical changes, but then having to find that journey of loving myself again. And man, let me tell you, that shit like spirals. It comes in and out. Like it's, I'm on a roller coaster. Like, and I, when I think I love myself, then I'm like, I hate myself all over again. Is that normal? Does everybody go through that process? I don't know. I'm just holding Tiffany right now. Cause I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many times where I wish I knew, but I'm, I think like what I've learned this year is like, just like, be there just being there you know and like I don't know if that's normal if that's a normal part of the process but um I'm just grateful to be here and like you're very courageous for sharing your journey and I think I think it goes back to why we wanted to do this episode it's like love and loss Mm -hmm. grief and whatever you know it's Mm -hmm. like holding two things in your heart and in your mind at once that are opposing and that's I think that's what 2020 and 2021 are all about you know you reminded me of a conversation I had with um Dr. Romero or um the principal from from Pueblo I remember when I made the decision I was going to step away from work and I was expecting him to like react to me in a way that was like yeah you're never going to have a job ever again and he told me the following words he's like because he understood that I was going through a hard time this is what I was pregnant with Andres and he's like, you know, Tiffany, you always just got to remember that um, you are loved and you have the ability to love. And if you can hold on to that, like things will just fall in place for you always. And I and I tell my students that I tell myself that even in my darkest times. And, and I wholeheartedly believe that. And, you know, just going through this whole last year, like I I had to remind myself that I am loved. Like, I know that I have undergone this, but it was my choice. It was my body. It was my health. It was it was for my children. And as a result of that, I'm still here to be able to love them, you know, and to yes. love my students. Mm-hmm. So anyway, just those decisions that we have to make. And if you don't understand what Tiffany's referring to, you can listen to our motherhood episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but um, you don't have to have a reason, but no. you're alluding to the fact that your abortion was due to a number of health risks. Uh-huh. And you can refer back to the motherhood episodes, season one. <laughs> <laughs> episode two. Yeah. <laughs> or I don't know. One of those. <laughs> but um we need to do one on infertility and infant sure. loss. Yeah, so. I think we should do one on infertility and infant loss. But um, I love that this is big for you, and I'm so proud of you because uh-huh. it takes a lot of courage to share that um, this is real. Like, love is – it requires so much courage. and courage. And sacrifice. Yeah. And um, you had to make the best decision – for the love of your body, your health, and your children that are with us. And you made a decision that was honoring your yourself mm-hmm. and loving yourself, even if at times 
you have to experience like the residual effects of, of, of that you and, know? The, and the stigma and and that's the other thing and it, it just applies to anything it doesn't have to just be about abortions but you know just the stigma that's attached to so many you know things that we make decisions for the betterment of our lives or for whatever right and how we have to make peace with ourselves while fighting this uphill battle of this this societal expectation about what we should or shouldn't do and mm -hmm. and we always have to remind ourselves like like to love and nurture ourselves in that process of that journey of healing while dealing with all the political or societal bullshit that's like thrown our way mm -hmm. on the daily you mm -hmm. know anyway um i was going to ask you a question michelle and it was about you know like the, the the many ways that you love and show up for others like what does that look like for you oh I love that question um so I think right now I'll preface that by saying that um the last few years have been some of the happiest with my my husband my mm -hmm. partner in this life and we have been married 11 years and I also feel that the last few years for whatever reason, in your late 20s, like I made friends in my early 20s. Uh -huh. I went through bouts of partying. I was kind of a nerd and like really a homebody. You know, I'm a homebody. I remember. But like I went through bouts of partying and I made friends. But I think the friends that you make in your late 20s or whenever you're the healthiest or the best mm -hmm. version of yourself, I feel like those are the best so more very solidified relationships For that you sure. make. And I feel like some of you guys that uh, you know who you are. <laughs> You guys are like my sisters. And so I feel like I have been, I'm fortunate to have uh, like a group of people in my life now that I feel like you guys will be in my life forever, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Even if like ebbs and flows, we become distant or whatever. So I think I figured out kind of like the different ways in which you all like to be loved. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just realizing that Tiffany is big on physical touch, so I guess not. I've known her for 13 plus years, and I'm just realizing it. But I do my best at connecting as best I can and reaching out. Um, my friends in Phoenix, CB and Debbie, we just had a Zoom the other day, a Zoom meetup, because we've had all had our moments with like anxiety and mental health. Um, I feel like you all have different... The ways in which I show up for you all, you and I are more like because of the babies. I think I I, I don't bother you as much, or but I'm always here when you text me. Of course, yes. So I try to meet people where they're at, um, while also filling my cup because I love um, showing up for other people. But it makes it's not good if you fall apart, you of know. Course. So yeah, all to say that I feel like I have amazing friendships with those of you that I consider like my sisters and it's a handful of you and my partner in life as well. And so I'm trying my best mm -hmm. to show up in ways that you all need me to. And I think you do a great job. I, I know I just, it's not your fault that you just found out today that I like physical. <laughs> I mean, we lasted this long without it. So I think we'll be okay. <laughs> but I, um, I do like, was it positive affirmations? I do like affirmations as well. I'm just really big on hugs. I don't know what it is. It's like that that whole transferring of energy through 
a physical touch. Like just right now by you holding my hand, transferred energy. I felt it. And I, I'm really, um, I'm really keen to that. So I think that's why I love holding people's hands. I was oh. holding Tiffany's hands as she yeah. was sharing her testimonial. Yeah. Um, but you know what I've realized over the years too is that, it, and it, it it mirrors exactly what you said that we have to be able to show up for ourselves too, uh-huh. and not empty ourselves so that we can be present and loving for others. And I, I think in my early twenties, I made that mistake of spreading myself so thin for others that I didn't show up for myself. And that's when I started to develop a lot of, I don't want to say self-hate, but I definitely did not appreciate myself because I didn't make that time to like put me first. Mm-hmm. And I and I realized that. And as I got older, you're right. Like my, in fact, I, I always tell my students because they ask me about my friends. I'm like, um, I only have about like four type friends. And it's true. <laughs> like I have about four. Uh-huh. And those are the ones that, well, you and Jessica are the exception, but the other ones I met in my later 20s. Mm-hmm. And there's just something about being comfortable and confident and and being able to advocate for myself, like what yeah. I want, what my boundaries are, and and just being real with people. And, and those people will gravitate towards that energy and, and it's yeah. stuck, you know? And I'm like, yeah, we're, we're friends. We, I, we're tight. <laughs> I know. And like, I know what you mean, but we'll talk about friend breakups too mm-hmm. because we t- we both alluded to mm-hmm. that's friends the that's the other side yeah. but i will say that i think what works with us is we're very low maintenance with mm-hmm. each other and what i absolutely love about you because my thing is words right mm-hmm. words of affirmation um if you've never read the five love languages that's what we're talking about we're talking about five love <laughs> languages people are probably like what are they talking about um so you can Google it. Do your homework. Find out what your love language is. Yeah, you uh-huh. can Google it or take the quiz. Uh-huh. The book is really conservative. Yes, so I'm not a fan of the book, but the quiz, the workshops, the worksheets mm-hmm. are all out there. But what we're talking about is how we speak to another. So words are very big for me. Mm-hmm. You can cut me very deep or you can uplift me with your words. And what I love about you is like, even when you call me out or you're calling me in, I should say, you always approach things with a lot of love. Like I know that you have my best interests in mind. Mm-hmm. Even when you're disclosing things to me that you're going through, you're always like very tactful and very gentle. And I'm always like, Tiffany, you can tell me anything. I don't, it doesn't matter that we're going, we're on opposite ends of the spectrum. You can share anything with me, but you always are very loving and gentle with your words. And I think that's probably why we've worked out for so many years of friendship. And I hear if you're friends with someone for seven years or more, you're for life. life, So you're my lifer. (laughs) You know what? Michelle, I want you to take a guess just because you reminded me of something and it's so relevant to this episode. So, you know how your senior year in high school, there's categories for, like, the yearbook or the newspaper about, like, the best smile and the best eyes. And they have, like, the categories that the, your your class will vote for. Yeah, yeah. Can you guess what category I won? Best hugger. <laughs> That's funny. Biggest heart. Aww. Yeah, I, I got biggest heart. It's so I love funny. that. And I laugh at, at the time. I was like, the hell kind of category is that? You know? Yeah. And I, at the time, I remember thinking that means, oh, I'm a pushover or I'm the softie. Yeah. You know? And that's the other thing. Like, being too loving means you're too soft. I'm like, I call bullshit on that. I, mean, <laughs> I, I think it means that you're tough because you can be vulnerable 
but you're so self-deprecating because that was a compliment (laughs) and that's probably also why we we bond because you mentioned something earlier about you always feel like good or fuller when you come over and we visit yeah and i feel like i'm always like amping tiffany up like i'm always like why are you so self-deprecating like you are the bomb and like (laughs) and i'm starting to realize that that is being in love with your friends that's loving your friends and we don't talk about like non-romantic love enough in society like i wish someone had taught that instead of so much time spent in my childhood and my adolescence talking about relationships and romantic love or like building us up for just marriage but nothing more you know oh my god i, I hate that yeah. i know you're yeah. so right so i have a disdain of novelas mm-hmm. soap operas that's for everybody that didn't grow up like me in a monolingual spanish household but i grew up in a monolingual spanish-speaking household <laughs> immigrant household and like i have a like i hate all the things i was socialized around because of that mm-hmm. like soap operas like weddings white dress like i didn't have any of that i have a huge disdain of yeah. all of the things that were like introduced Two at an early age that prepare us for heterosexual relationships mm-hmm. and marriage. Because now I realize how important it is to love your friends and to love yourself, first of all. And then have a, a trusted, safe group of, friendship, of friends that you will have. And I use safe for a reason. I think safe relationships are very important. But safe friendships mm-hmm. is so crucial. I know I you reminded me of I just gotta tell you all that uh I, I'm low-key convinced that I was like set up for anxiety for like the rest of my life when I came out of the womb. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. then when I was like five years old. And the point that I'm trying to make is that um I have I like experienced trauma coming out of the room the womb. Like I almost died according to my mom. And the point that the connection that I want to make is that I, I had realized, in fact, this morning I was doing some reflections because, I, you know, just I'm in this mood of trying to figure out why I've been so anxious, why I've been so stressed. And I had a revelation this morning about the love that let me down. And I'm talking about like my, from my parents, mm-hmm. particularly my dad. And I guess I can call him my biological dad because it's not like he he did not really raise me. He was in and out of my life. And the disappointment that came with that and and as a result of that, I I developed major anxiety issues. I I was scared. I felt I felt worthless. I felt like I had to compete. And so every person who came into my life after that, I put all my my hopes and expectations into them in an unhealthy way. So I'm talking about friendships. I'm not talking about romantic relationships. And I remember like in high school and I had my first like friendship breakup mm-hmm. and I was devastated and I don't handle, well, now I, I don't know, but back then I did not handle that transition of somebody being out of my life really well. Mm-hmm. And I, I know it stems back from, a t- uh, childhood in my childhood right and yeah and that's just healing that I have to work on but I was like damn and it and legit this just this morning I was thinking about it that's why I had a hard time with that friendship breakup that's why I had a hard time with this person leaving my life yeah and that's how I feel like when I meet people I am I'm a firm believer that the universe has planned out 
that connection. Like we were meant to come into contact for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But I also have a hard time with letting go of that. Yeah. You know, like, like the people that are meant to teach you something, yeah. but leave exit your life. And it's like, how's it doesn't feel fair. And it hurts. This is why we're friends. <laughs> I've, I have said this a million times. Like, so there's this quote by Bell Hooks and uh-huh. it says, when men and women punish each other for truth telling, we reinforce the notion that lies are better. To be loving, we willingly hear the other's truths. And most important, we affirm the value of truth telling. Lies may, keep pe- may make people feel better, but they do not help them to know love. Mm-hmm. Oh, and this is from All About Love, the book that I mentioned. But I think that the part I like is that it goes back to the early versions of you. Um, It goes back to those first instances when you were told not to speak your truth or when you were let down, Mm -hmm. for example, like to me, because I'm so obsessed with child development and I was a social worker. Like what I understand of that is like at some point we were let down in love Mm -hmm. and like we were punished for loving or we were, it's, I don't know, we were punished for being attached. And so those early scars become our attachment style. And so there's this whole theory in science about early childhood attachment and that everything stems from that. So, you know, we then, whatever attachment style we learned, whether it's healthy or unhealthy, we then take it from our parents and then we project it onto our next person Mm -hmm. that we attach to. So, Whatever our attachment style is, which I I think everyone should, like, learn what their attachment style is. And then we go and project that onto our first best friend, our first crush, our love, and then eventually whatever partners we have in life. And, like, if you don't heal that unresolved pain or scar, Mm -hmm. it stays with you, you know? And, like, you have to – you become hardened or you become – maybe not hardened, but predisposed to being let down because it always goes back to that first relationship. This person was supposed to stay forever and they didn't stay forever. And now I see that all the time. And I struggle with that a lot. This makes sense that we're friends. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm over here reflecting on the people who, and I know like not everyone's meant to be in our lives forever, but it's just like, Maybe it's a Pisces thing, but I, like, put my my fucking heart out for everything. Excuse <laughs> my language. Like, my heart just, like, pours out for people. Yeah. And it's so evident. Like, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I, I love the saying that Chucho says, like, I love hard on people. I, like, I 100% will put my life on the fact that I fucking love hard on people all the time. You know, I do. And I just can't believe that it's not reciprocated. Yeah. And it hurts. I know. Friend breakups are very painful. So I'm like that too. Mm -hmm. It's so funny that we're like having this candid (laughs) realization. So I feel like for a long time, I've been guilty of telling people, once I love you, I love you forever. Yeah. I'm so guilty of that. I tell people like, once you're my friend, you're my friend forever. But what I'm realizing too is that there have been moments in my life where I have been unhealthy or not at my best. And those friendships that I've I've made were great at that time. Perhaps they mirrored what I needed to see or be, but I'm not like that person anymore, you know? Yeah. And it takes, it takes time, I think, and forgiveness. Um, now, finally, I'm in a place where I realize 
it doesn't happen that often because I feel like some of you guys are lifers because yeah. I you guys have been my friends for so long. But um, occasionally it happens where I'm like, oh, that person and I were very close and now life has taken them in a different direction. And I realize like it's painful and it's hard because for me, if I've loved you, we should always have that door open. Yeah. Like, you know, you can come back whenever yeah. you wish and I'll be here. But some people are very boundaried and are very like they don't they it's haven't healed. Yeah. 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 I hate that. I know. And and <laughs> there's a couple people who I can think about right now who I feel that way about about because they're very much like clear, distinguished boundaries and completely you're either my friend or my enemy. Yeah, and I'm just like, damn. And again, it's I respect it. Like I have to respect it because that's I wouldn't want people to respect my boundaries. So I, I get it, but it yeah. still hurts. But then you reminded me about that whole notion of, you know, part of love is that to be accepting that people change. You know, like we're yeah. supposed to change. And it's not to say that I don't love them because you're right. Like I think I will love them until like the end of time or know, at least want the best for them i want the best for them yeah. but i i just i know like the conversation has been made towards me oh you've changed you've changed and i'm like well that's what we're supposed to do you outgrow you outgrow things or yeah or, you know you you manifest into better versions of yourself hopefully and other mm-hmm. people should be open to that and, and loving to that like it's not something to be looked down upon it should be praised you know? yeah and I know that I've lost some friends because of that. Yeah. Because I've changed, but it's like, but I've matured. I've, I've grown healthy. Like I take care of myself. I'm not right. making bad decisions where I'm, you know, just being harmful to myself. And I don't know. I just. Do you ever think that, have you ever been in a position? I recently went through this and again, it's very difficult because I feel like I have my small group of friends in Tucson, Phoenix, wherever you are, and they're lifers. Mm-hmm. But I've made decisions that some friendships are not healthy for me. Mm-hmm. Have you had to make that decision? Oh, yeah. And it hurts. It's very hurtful. It's very hurtful. And because, like, again, I put that love out into the universe, and it, it's it, I know that from my end, I'm always going to love them. It's never mm-hmm. gonna cha- going to change. Gonna, sorry, it's the one. <laughs> it's never going to change. But... It's it's hard when you have to, like, even though you love those people or you have love for them, however that looks, you have to still... From afar. Yeah, you have to do it from afar. Yeah, I'm going... I've gone through that as yeah. well. I feel like um, there's just situations that... The situation changed. Yeah. Like, sometimes you meet friends and you're just instinctively... Like, you and I, we were peers right off the bat. But sometimes you meet friends at work. They become your friends. You make friends and they're maybe a student yeah. or a mentee or you're the mentee and it's a mentor. And the context change. Yeah. You know, like I've had students who are full-blown adults and they've gone on to live their lives. And so now they're my peers. I have a mentor that's adoring, amazing, should write the book on mentoring. She knows who she is. She's been my mentor for, oh my God, since 2008. So... But not a lot of people can weather the changes with you because the dynamic changes. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes the situation changes. Like Mm -hmm. the friends that you meet in college when you're partying, I mean, Uh, the situation (laughs) changes. 
So it's like, I feel, but I would, I'm like you, like, I always want to keep that door open, you know, and social media is a great way to keep in touch with people if people let you, but like, I'm like you, like, I wish you well, I wish you healing. I want nothing but the best for you. Mm -hmm. And if we can stay connected and connect later on in life, that's great. But some people are just not like that. They just want a clear end. That's hard to accept, but just as much as people have to accept aspects of me, you know, it, it's a whole reciprocation thing. Which I think goes back to why we did the episode of like holding love mm-hmm. and loss at the same time in your heart. And like it's two opposing things, mm-hmm. but you have to hold the energy together. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're about finished with our episode, but before we wrap up i just want to ask you michelle what are you doing for self self-care self-love how are you nurturing yourself right now well um i got my vaccine Mm -hmm. which i'm so grateful for and my husband is um on the front lines an er doctor we're actually recording this episode while he sleeps because he has an overnight (laughs) shift and so shout out to all our healthcare heroes and so I mean, we're, like, cackling and laughing and, like, eating dinner, drinking wine, my poor husband. But the biggest thing is a vaccine because I'm so impressed and just excited. Even though I know there's, like, a very bad, well-founded doubt in science and any kind of biological markers and our communities of color and vaccinations. I get it. I understand it living on the other side of this where I didn't know if my husband and I would live through this. I'm so grateful for a vaccine. And then I wear a mask, but I exercise for my hormonal health, my brain health, my, I mean, I have a lot of health issues and mental health issues that are made better through exercise. It's like the natural medicine. So I'm so grateful to be privileged enough to um, be able to go to a gym every day at six in the morning and it's not a conventional gym where I congregate with people, but it's good enough for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, training and I wear a mask and um, I'm in touch with my spirituality. I practice my meditation, my spiritual beliefs, and I'm just doing as much as I can because 2021 started off in a fury and it's testing me. So I'm trying to do as much as I can to stay above the fray mm-hmm. because whatever I learned in 2020, I want to apply. And so I'm trying my best to do as much to keep my sanity and my mental health so that I can be the best version of myself in 2021. That's really beautiful. I also have been exercising often because I, I equate it to healthy, healthy, a healthy lifestyle that supports me keeping like my, my anxiety and my depression at bay, you know, your like, endorphins. Or, yeah. But I think I, I want to focus on my children because I, and in fact, <laughs> my poor son, he sees me cry a lot. Like lately he's been seeing me cry often and I'm just like, something's not going right. And I should start crying. I'm not, I'm not throwing a fit. Just the tears are falling, you know? Yeah. And Andres, mama, why are you crying? Mama, don't cry. Mama, please stop crying. Aww. And I tell him, like, Andres, it's okay to cry. So, okay, I'm talking about the, the normalization of, like, the spectrum of emotions that we go through. And I tell him, like, just, like, it's okay for mommy to laugh and to smile and to have fun. Like, 
it's okay for mommy to cry, to make space for that and to be able to express it. And I can move on. Like I, I'm, I'm, I need to be able to process what I'm feeling and then I'm, then I can be present with you, you know, and, and he's so sweet because he'll hug me and he'll ask me to stop crying because he doesn't want to see me crying because then he tells me, well, then it makes me cry. No. And, and I'm like, I'm sorry, Andres, but. He's the sweetest boy. I love my little Andres. <laughs> it, it's just, it's part of my self-care. Like, I can't hold it in. And I've never been one to hold it in, but now I own it. You have I mean, to release. Yeah, like, I like I don't know how to explain if, it's, if I'm making sense. But before, like, I would cry to keep it in, mm-hmm. you know, but now I cry and I, I let it out. Like I'm not ashamed anymore. I'm not. I'm not scared because I'm crying. I'm crying because I, I need to, and to normalize that in my household, we normalize it, and I think that's part of my self care and my self love because then I'm sh- I'm showing my children like, we can be these whole this whole spectrum of emotions and we can still, function as a family. You know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and of course, just being mindful about like, what I'm putting into my body because I think I have complete control of that. Like, I can't control the shit that's around me, mm-hmm. but I can control what I'm consuming. That's a win. Hey, right? you know, so, in 2021, let's take the let's take the little things that we have to be grateful for. Um, eat less meat and more plants, right? Because our planet needs it. Our bodies need it. My well-being needs it. So yeah. I think that's what I want to end with is just to love yourself. Love yourself and however that looks for you yeah. and just nurture it yeah. and own it. And I think there's also a difference between basic needs Mm -hmm. and self-care. Like Mm -hmm. I hear a lot of my friends saying like, oh my God, I'm going to treat myself to a nice dinner. Uh I'm going to sleep. Yeah. Or, and it's like, those are basic, basic needs needs that we Mm -hmm. need for our brain to Mm -hmm. like work, you know? And so for us to be functioning adults, Mm -hmm. loving, compassionate adults, because when we're tired and our blood sugar is low. We're mm-hmm. hangry. <laughs> so, I mean. And no one wants to see us like that. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Yeah. My poor husband, he's gone through so many episodes of hunger. So, I think, like, loving yeah. ourselves and self-care are essential, but they shouldn't be confused with basic needs. You know, like, you need to to have your basic needs, like, your sleep, your yeah. food, your nutrition, your health. And, you know, before you can love yourself mm-hmm. and you have to be meet yourself where you're at. You know, if those things are essentially, those things are not being met, then don't it. I, I often feel pe- that people beat themselves up mm-hmm. for not like the choices that they make quote choice choices. And I use that word loosely choices they make or because they're not getting exercise or because they're not doing some of the things that they wish they could. But we have to remind ourselves that if our basic needs aren't getting met, we're not going to, soar and like all of a sudden be the champion of self-care like we have to meet each ourselves where we're at yeah i agree so are we gonna end with what we're reading or we're good well until next time y'all I was going to say, you're in my office, and I'm, like, buried alive in books. Michelle's reading, like, 150 books. Oh, she's read 150 books. Um, But we just want to say to all of our faithful and loyal listeners that we love you, and we carry you in our hearts and our minds, and thank you for being present with us. Yes. And for just sticking by our side. We send the purest intentions out to you, and we hold space for you. Thank you for listening. And if you're struggling to love yourself, 
um, that's okay too, because the, this year and last year has tested us in every way possible. And, um, that's okay too. Sometimes you go through periods where it's hard to love yourself. And like you said, let's embrace the full spectrum. Mm-hmm. And thank you, everybody. Thanks everybody. It was nice to, nice to chat with you <laughs> and stay tuned for any future bonus episodes that we may drop. Sounds good. See you then. See you then. Bye-bye.